Indie Busters podcast. Uh, here we're going to talk and disagree about new music, old music, and which one out of Nick and Fran is the most wrong. Oh, it's harsh. So, <laughs> it's which Nick. one is it? It's obviously Nick. It's obviously yeah, Nick, yeah. That's, I, I thought this time it might be Nick. Oh. And so you could hear Nick <laughs> and Fran right there. I am Fran. Uh, Hello, I'm Hi, Fran. Nick. Hi, Nick. And, and so before we get to this month's playlist, uh, we are going to just mention that we launched the Picky Bees uh, po- podcasts website this month. You and... made that very complicated. Then. We launched the Picky Bastards <laughs> yeah. website. It's not the Picky Bastards <laughs> pub, uh, podcast website. It's the Picky Bastards website. <laughs> just for people who might have been confused by that. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. Okay. Oh, God. It's, 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 it's got everything picky bastards on it, it has, um, that's true. and it's actually we had a really good launch. So thanks to everyone for checking it out. And yeah, yeah. if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out once you've finished listening to this. <laughs> um, and if it's your first time listening to this because you came from the website, uh, welcome. And I hope you like it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might need to tell them the website, which is pickybees.com. Uh, so yeah, the website yeah. is pickybees.com. We also <laughs> So picky and then You're killing this, Matt. Picky and then B and then S dot com. Yeah. Pickybees.com. Yeah. Killing it, Matt. Yeah. We can play out the bucket, huh? And we also have a Facebook and Twitter, so you can like follow along on there as well. Um so we're gonna now talk about music. So we have six. <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> six albums. This is dynamite material. <laughs> six albums, as usual. And four new releases. And they're going to be Little Sims with Grey Area. And Dirt Blonde? Dirt Blonde? Du Blonde. Du Blonde. Yeah. And she has Lung Bread for Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Meat Puppets with Dusty Notes <laughs> and Solange with When I Get Home. Uh, we also have a classic album, which is Devo's album, Question, Are We Not Men? Answer, We Are Devo. And then... Amazing title, I, I've got to say. Whatever you think of the album, amazing title. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's great. Uh, and then last, I'll tell you a little bit about why I love Willie Mason, specifically talking about the album Where the Humans Eat. And so to kick us off, I'm going to ask Nick a question. Okay. Okay. Which album? You ready? Yes, I think I'm ready. You sure? No, actually, increasingly no, I'm not sure. Go ahead anyway. Okay. Which album did you have to be in a certain headspace to really engage with it? I think I'm going to go with Solange for this. Um, And I wanted to talk about the Solange album uh, particularly because... The last one, uh, the name which completely escapes me now. A Seat at the Table. A Seat at the Table was really fantastic work. I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought it was so, I mean, the vocals were insanely good, but also so intricately woven, such a brilliant sort of collage. It was in the style of Blood Orange albums. And in fact, Blood Orange had worked with it before and producing the album before that, I think. And so there was like a natural connection there. But um, I, I really loved it. So... This album, though, um, it was a little bit harder work, I felt, and it did take a certain mood, as, you, as I think you put it, to, to sort of um, get into it. I think it yeah. felt to me like 
the things that, that worked on the previous album, she tried again, but they really kind of fell a bit flat on some occasions. I felt like it was struggling to find a direction some of the time. Um, I mean, for one thing, it's uh, a very long album. I think it's actually got 18, 19 tracks all together with all these interludes, which yeah. is fine. Uh, you know, again, is, is in the style of the previous album, as I, as I was saying. But it's really, um, it just seems to me this time to not hang together that well. It didn't seem to me like it really had the single focus or direction of the previous album and that was really a pity you know it's kind of missed opportunity so when I was into I mean when I say I had to be in the right mood for it almost I was at the point where I was listening to the, this one or maybe listen to the old one yeah. uh, the previous one a little bit and sort of get back into it on that base of that so um, it, it wasn't something that I, I sort of picked up naturally and sort of jumped into um, and I suppose um, there were some really good tracks I liked uh, is it Al, Almeida I was really into um, there's some crazy vocals again. Down with the clique was a, was a crazy vo- vocals on that. Um, yeah, there was there was some really good stuff. But um, if you compare it to the previous work, then I think it it doesn't quite deliver, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. What do you reckon, Fran? Um, yeah, I mean, Nick said quite similar to what I'm going to say, but I'll say it anyway. Um, so talking about seat at the seat at the table, the previous album. I mean, I adored that album. I think I put it in sort of my top twenty or thirty albums of the decade, to be honest. That wow. Was, I think it's incredible. Um, yeah. And what I really loved about that last album was the stories it told, the way it sort of had a narrative that carried it through the songs and the interludes, and then just the honesty in some of the songs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can probably guess where I'm going, but this album was a huge disappointment to me after that. I think, a huge disappointment. Yeah, a huge oh, disappointment. Oh. Yeah, I think we went from sort of real storytelling and building a world for a listener to just a lot of you say it's a long album but actually it's not it's got a lot of songs but it's only about 37 minutes long in total okay it's a lot of really brief songs (laughs) looking down the list there's there's a number of songs less than two minutes quite a lot yeah and it's just really they're all really brief and they've got like there's a lot of them you've just got repeated refrain all the way through and i think that starts from the start with things i imagined yeah for one minute 59 she just says things i imagined there are things i imagined yeah I agree. That was that got a bit vague and annoying. Yeah, and I, think, I felt like there was quite a few songs that did that. Um, and I've seen people saying that it's still as powerful an album as the last one in terms of its meshes and its tension, but intention. But for me, I think that's just being polite and not wanting to admit what a come down it is from the last album. I think um, it's actually. I actually think it's extremely irritating at times. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the repeated lines just got to me. Um, there's so many songs where she just says the same thing again and again and uh, and then there's other songs where she's just warbling along in the background and I just didn't really get it um, there is a couple of good tracks but even my favourite track when it bins is how long is like 1 minute 51 yeah, it's 151 yeah and then um, yeah and yeah either kind of liked it at first again it's the one that's probably the most political in terms of you know it's all talking about black owned things and black business and that kind of thing but she just she still does just repeat the same seven lines yeah so yeah i was really excited about this album i wanted to love it but i didn't at all yeah it's great man yeah i i i'm it's gonna be quite a boring start because i agree with everything (laughs) i was i was really surprised by the press around this album because i was expecting something like uh, as good as seat at the table but really, like, she didn't build on that. She just opted to, instead of, like, taking that and moving forward, she just went to the esoteric instead. And, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't really... There's, like, yeah, like you were saying, there's nothing to, like, hang your hat on. 
for what this album's about. And then, like, with the all the interludes, I think there were more interludes and seat at the table, but because of this kind of amorphous structure of the entire album, it was the interludes were more, even more disruptive. Like, I thought the interludes on the seat at the table were, weren't disruptive. I thought they were important. They were yeah, of, exactly. You know, little exactly. speeches about things that tied the songs together. Like, she'd follow up uh, the song Don't Touch My Hair with that a woman talking about, you know, how that kind of, Thing it affected her like people are expecting they can just come up and say whatever they wanted to and I think it really threaded it together yeah. whereas here it didn't but yeah, yeah so they carry were, on. that is exactly that they, yeah there were little breaks that brought everything into like sharp focus mm. and this it just like broke this already kind of like lack the this thing that already lacked structure mm. and it just broke it up into even more tiny chunks and so it just yeah like I didn't really Dislike, like really dislike anything, but I didn't really like anything either. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's not unlistenable, is it? But it's just no. It's like perfect sort of, background yeah. music. Yeah. Like you want to put something on, you got friends over, and you're not going to listen to it at all. So like, it sets a nice like ambient tone, but mm. like that's not what we're really about. I don't think. No, not after the last power of the last album. I don't think. Well, okay. there you go. That was, was nice. all agreeing and all being really kind of miserable. We're all being so. equally picky, so that's about <laughs> So, uh, we'll next go to Fran. Which album had the greatest capacity to change how you are feeling or you were feeling? I mean, it's definitely Little Sims Grey Area for me. Um, I found myself putting this album on pretty regularly in the morning when I was uh, heading for my train. Yeah. I, wake, I always wake up feeling absolutely miserable and knackered because that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. um, I can believe that. But yeah. This, as soon as I put this on as I got out of this sort of door, it starts so aggressively and with so much energy that it would really snap me out of like my early morning mood and just get me moving. And um, I think a big thing, for, we talked about El Sweatshirt on the last episode and I, I said that, you know, I like hip hop that hits hard and that use the term slaps, which I'm still proud of. Because yeah, it's a great term. The rest of us are pretty embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the kind of album I was talking about. I mean, those first three songs, Offense, Boss and Selfish, are just so strong. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to kind of get inspired and get in a in a good mood. And that, particularly on Boss, the like the chorus of I'm a boss in a fucking dress, just the power with which <laughs> it delivers that is absolutely brilliant. Um, so I can't think of many albums that lay out their intentions so quickly and with so much focus so early on. And I also love that she kind of just, she ignored quite a lot of the trends in hip hop at the minute. So there's it's quite stark with the instrumentation, it's, and a lot of stuff now is going very layered and very jazzy. And also she just there's no mumbled rapping. She's got a really amazing flow. She's strong, and it's her words that sort of lead, lead the music. Yeah. So I think um, yeah, she's telling a lot of important stories, and I think a lot of it's sort of pressure and share that sunset is sort of about self discovery and her past. And then tracks like Wounds uh, talk a lot about the knife crisis at the minute. So for me, I just I thought it was really strong. It was definitely an album that could cheer me up like, all the way through. Can I ask, if you remind me, have we covered Little Sims before? I know I've listened to Little Sims before, but have, have we done it on the podcast? I can't. No, no, it. no, I'd never heard it before. Oh, okay. um, Tom reviewed it on the website, right. um, one of right. the reviewers, but I, I'd never heard it before. Um, yeah, for me, I think, alongside Will Corner that we did on an earlier episode of the past, yeah. past it probably one of my favourite UK hip-hop albums mm. of, you know, for the last five or six years, so really, really strong. Okay, Matt, why don't you jump in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I 
I agree. Oh uh, God, can we stop agreeing? <laughs> this I like. You both answered the questions in exactly the same way I would have answered the right. questions. This, <laughs> this, this would by far and away was the one that like it got me going. Mm. Um, just that I really liked how rich it, the whole thing sounded. And um, to me, it sounded like distinctly British in 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 the way that the beats and the music was put together while not sounding like uh, super grimy, like a lot of the hip hop and rap is at the moment coming from England. It reminded me more of like Massive Attack and Gorillaz and the streets compared to some of the other maybe contemporaries out there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, super, super into that. Um, and I think, yeah, the whole, I don't think there was a single really song that was, the best song for me, I, I just thought the whole album was super consistent and really good, pretty much every single song. Mm, yeah. Um, Great features and, as well. Like four, yeah. four features on the album are all really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I, I'd never heard of her and I'm definitely going to pay more attention now because mm. I'm listening to her old, older stuff because this was... Uh, really a highlight uh, for hip-hop for me for probably the last six months. Nice, nice. What do you reckon, Nick? Well, I actually hated this album. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> absolute joke. No, not at all. Uh, I loved it as well, I'm sorry to say, for the sake of our, our battles of will. But um, no, I thought it was, it was excellent. I had heard the previous one, um, and uh, which I liked, but this was a massive leap in progress uh, for, for Little Sims. I thought it was... Um, the energy you're talking about is absolutely was absolutely fantastic all the way through. It was really addictive sounding. Yeah. I love um, the messy kick drum on Boss, like that overdriven kick drum is yeah. absolutely just so mean. I, I just I absolutely love that. Um, I, I also think, like you're saying, it, it was it was very consistent. There's a couple of tracks I liked less, like I liked 101 FM. I think less. I thought you would like. Oh. I love that track. Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah, I really like that. I thought there would be. Um, mm. I thought someone would, because it's got the kind of... The radio thing was a bit like... The radio sort of was a bit hackneyed. I felt like, I, again, mm-hmm. like, you know, having a song and pretending it's on the radio. I, I, that, wasn't, that didn't work for me. But that said, right before it, though, is the best song on the album. I think Venom, delivery-wise, is absolutely fabulous. Yeah, she's absolutely vicious. You know, and, she, and at the end of every yeah. these really fast flows, she then just ends with Venom and just stops. And it's just, oh, mm-hmm. so, so hard-edged, you know. So uh, I love that as well. Yeah, I mean... I, I think um, I don't want to repeat what you both said so much, and I, I just think it's it's the best rap album I've heard in the last many months. Wow, wow, wow! Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Well, now I can tell you that I've already organised Nick behind your back to go and see this with one of your friends. So what? you can come and join us if you want. Well, yeah. <laughs> me and Tom have already kind of oh, had a bit of a discussion on Facebook and decided we're going to go and see them. But I thought I won't tell outrageous. Nick. Outrageous! Thanks a lot. Hopefully it's not sold out for you. Yeah, great. When is it? <laughs> no, we've not booked yet, to be fair. We just had a discussion about whether we go and see him. It's, it's only in October, and we, I just messaged Tom because he'd reviewed it and said, I want to go and see you. He'll for it. Well, I'll yeah. after the podcast. So there you okay, go. Fair you enough. can well, now, now you, join. Now you nice. can. And I might think about joining uh, you possibly, but I'll stand on the other side of the venue. I'm not going to stand next to you. It's only 12 quid as well. 12 quid to see her. She's amazing. That's crazy, yeah. That's still. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I actually loved it. So yeah. We managed to go through a double list of all agreeing on on the yeah, can we have some disagreement on the next which one? Which is a bit of a worry. Yeah. What are you going to break now? it the next one? How are you going uh, What, Fran? Yes. Uh, what album did you dislike the most out of the remaining ones? 
Oh, that's hard. Oh, actually, no, it's not hard. Um, I've forgotten about Devo. Um, yeah, so it's not hard because I've forgotten the classic Devo's Am I a Man, Am I a Devo, whatever it's called. Um, I don't care what it's called. It's an amazing title, come on. <laughs> Question, are we not men? Answer, we are Devo. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't hate it. I just liked it the most out of the ones left, but I think... Um, to go back a little bit, I thought it was quite an interesting to listen to this after last episode when you spoke about the talking heads, Nick. Yeah. yeah. Because there were times during the album where I could see sort of some similarities, some attempts to sort of do, you know, have a similar song construction and instrumentation. But for me, this is what you get when you try to be as creative as a band like Talking Heads, but you don't actually have the intelligent, intelligence and the talent in terms of songwriting to do so. I intelligence, Jesus. Well, some comparing... of the songs... As you're comparing to Talking Heads, do you know who produced this album? Brian, was it Brian Eno? No. Yeah, we're yeah. in partnership with David Bowie. <laughs> Bowie produced this album? Yeah. He's horrified now. They, com- they competed. Man. They competed. Wow. I want to cry. Um, I'm really upset that Bowie had anything to do with producing the song Mongoloid. Yeah, that was... Because, really wow. Yeah, that was really... Yeah. Really that is offensive. It was very offensive. Is it yeah. meant... Is, was it less offensive? Um, then, do you I think? think I think it so was the youngest of the three of us tell us whether it was less offensive in the yeah, sentence exactly when you were born I read about it because I, I had this exact question yeah, and yeah. they're talking about it because they're talking positively about it it's kind of the they say it's the kind of punk rock aesthetic of uh, directly addressing the issue and using the word as a positive weapon right because in this in that song they're deriding um the kind of devolved uh people that and then celebrating the uh the mongoloid i mean it doesn't really sound like that does it because when they're going on about yeah, that's it, not it, sound, it sound like they're really impressed because the, this mongoloid could wear a hat at one point during the song and you're just like <laughs> jesus man <laughs> Yeah, he wore a hat, he had a job, but he was a mongoloid. I'm just like, what is happening? Why are yeah. we thinking about this? It seems... Yeah. But even when it wasn't that, when I, when I say about the in, intelligence level is, I think, and I, all right, maybe intelligence is a bit harsh, but... It is, it is very harsh. It's just very vapid most of the time. It's very sort of, you know, I get sometimes music's allowed to just be fun, but I think even when this was fun, it wasn't really that much fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, could you, stop, could you pick out one song in particular that's vapid? Because I think I can guess which one you're going to go with. Over the, um, I mean, you're pointing at it now. Whip it, yeah, whip it, whip it. What the hell was that about? That's, yeah, not, really that's, on, that's not on this album. It's on the version we've got, mate. Yeah. Oh, great. I know we had. A, that's from a. That's from a later album. We've got four live songs. I know we had an issue with you uh, and America, okay. you? and uh, yeah. maybe you didn't get everything we got. Slap your mammy was pretty vapid. <laughs> um, uncontrollable urge was a, felt a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then too much paranoia. That's kind of when I was like, okay, they want to be talking heads. I don't know if they were after mm. talking heads, but too much paranoia um, was almost like temporaries, weren't they? I think. Yeah. Too much paranoia was almost felt like they'd listened to talking heads and thought, oh, they're really good at paranoia. So let's. Yeah make a song called Too Much Paranoia. 78, I just said. Yeah, so that's very contemporaneous, isn't yeah. it? Well, anyway, yeah. yeah, that's where I landed on Diva, so. Okay. Um, 
I'll say um, the hardest thing to listen about this album is that I, I don't think you knew them, did you, at all? No, never yeah. heard of them. Whereas I did know, not the music so much as the visual image of them. I don't know if you <laughs> saw this, Matt, but there's, they, they, they have this insane, like, they wear, like, what can I describe as flower pots on their head. Okay. And they wear these weird outfits, matching outfits and stuff. Uh, so when I've heard, and really the only song I was familiar with was Whip It, uh, when I've heard that song and they're in the crazy outfits with the flower pots, I've always just felt like they were really a parody band um, and, and not actually to be taken with any seriousness mm. at all. Uh, I think in the end, uh, I, I didn't hate this. and I, I sort of felt like I could see why it was actually fairly important at the time it came out. Because again, yeah, I mean, I, I also know the, talk, the Talking Heads influence or sound, you know, mm. and there was an awful lot of that. Uh, influence in there although I, I think Talking Heads is a let me just be clear a far far better band <laughs> far better but um, I can see why this band you know they've got a lot of cult following and the people who consider them to be extremely important in terms of uh, sort of uh, new wave punk bands and sort of slightly electronic and those kind of things I think that's that stuff that I can see why they, they had that there were definitely uncomfortable things about some of the songs mm. uh, Franz referred to all of the ones I was going to refer to as well so that was um, that was a problem. I also uh, the thing that I suppose warmed me to the most was the idea that they were a bit like the Buzzcocks, which I love the Buzzcocks, and I think the Buzzcocks are also a bad band. But I can see how that that when you when you can get that mental picture, when I could get that mental picture out of my head of the Flowerpots, then mm-hmm. it felt like the Buzzcocks were actually somehow connected to what this sort of quite high energy fast punk band were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I I I, I, th- I find it a bit chirpy at times, uh, kind of bouncy in a way that I'm not really interested in as a, as a genre, <laughs> which is no surprise to anyone, I don't think. But, um, but yeah, in the end, I, I didn't actually hate it. I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was worth a turn and sort of interesting to hear. What do you rate, Matt? Uh, I really enjoyed this album. <laughs> I thought it was great. Mongoloid the most. Was that your favourite? Uh, no, no. It wasn't my favourite, but it <laughs> was... I'm so top. glad. I literally it thought was you were doing what I did, and actually, were you actually joking when you said you really liked it? So no, I, 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 I thought it was great. Uh, I like. There's obviously it's dated, yeah, right, and there are some questionable, but questionable things, uh, which isn't great. But I think it's of of its time, and and like it, they kind of just. It seems like it's just big project where they just embrace this idea of uh, devolution. And everything's about that. And they just keep doing stuff about that. And they think everything is kind of ridiculous. Uh, Talk about the devolution thing. Talk more about that. But I want to understand better what you mean. Like, uh, like, so, like, Jocko Homo is about... it. Like, the lyrics uh, are talking about, like, suburban America. Okay. And, like, how um, it's a... Yeah, we're, like... I think at that time, the concept of devolution was quite big in the fact that we're just like going away from the apex of humanity and like really just becoming a bit shit. Oh, I see what you mean, right. Um, and Is that why they're called Devo? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, he's doing um, research as well. And okay. so I, I thought it was like the whole idea behind it is fun. It was kind of, the music is... Yeah, it's like some of it's a bit ridiculous, but it's like if you listen to them, go listen to like B52s, yeah. it's of the same ill. That's a very good analogy. B52s are very good analogy. Do you know them, Frank? I know 
of them. Right. Yeah, so. and they're they're like they also will like fill up dance floors. They will also make them really like yeah i i I love them but um there's even a there's even a song that is like the hokey cokey parody song about praying like it's so ridiculous and tongue-in-cheek the entire way through um that i just ask you had you therefore as a fan you had seen the flower pots had you yeah, I'd only heard Whip It before. Yeah, and I'd like and Whip It. Like, I will. Uh, I'll recommend this album. <laughs> Whip It was like fun and Whip silly, uh, but I've seen like it seems to be growing in its reputation. This album. Yeah. People are looking back on it and going, "Hey, this was actually important." And so I thought we should listen to it. Who are those people? I'm glad we did. Oh, I know a lot of people who it's, think it's important. Really? Important. Yeah, I know. A lot yeah, of people it's that. it's like in like top 100 albums of whatever or blah blah blah. It's I mean, they're me- not as bad as like XTC that we did as a classic once. Uh, that's my highest praise for this band. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's touching how you said that. Uh, yeah. So okay. So we have a complete range on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because we were getting to agree. I know. Yeah. I mean, cool. I, I think yeah, I think you're both you're both kind of wrong on that one, really. I've got to say, I'm somewhere in the middle. Just boring, average. That's where you're going. Oh, I see. I thought right, the album was boring and average. I thought you just reassessed it. <laughs> <on the face laughs> <of my laughs> <life. laughs> oh, good point, Nick. In that case, they are boring yeah. and average. <laughs> right, where are you going, Matt? Okay, what's up, Nick? Do you want to tell me about Dublond? Dublond. Yes. Okay. Dublond. Um, Red for Daddy. Yes, I mean, love yeah. the name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, I suppose, uh, overall, I think this album's got a lot more, it's more about potential for me than it is about delivery. There are some things I liked about it. It's never going to disagree. Um, uh, thanks for giving that away. (laughs) Um, I think, um, there's a lot of ideas in it that are interesting and and lyrically I thought it was really, really clever and had a lot of sort of fun things to say. Um, and, and I think kind of profound things in some ways, um, particularly about gender identity and stuff. So about feminism as well. So I, I did like a lot of that stuff. Um, I think the musically, um, it worked reasonably well, but there was, it sometimes felt a bit flat. Like some of the tracks, some of the actual melodic structure sounded, seemed a bit like predictable and obvious. Uh, particularly I'm thinking of the first early in the album, I think maybe the coffee machine, uh, Holiday Resort, I think, is another one where it just felt like it was, <laughs> or it just felt like I knew where they were going to go before they got there, uh, and that seemed like a pity. Um, so, but I, I think, and influences wise, I've really heard a lot of Pixies and Breeders, uh, those kind of bands in this. That's why you talk um, about influences. Did you not hear any of one of your favourite artists in this album? Go on, Miss PJ Harvey. Um, it's pretty it. loose. I mean, I'd say not really. Huge influence. I mean, uh, to the extent that Peter Harvey influences like as many bands as Radiohead does, then yeah, sure. She's, she's an absolute like leader in, in anyone who does anything remotely interested in, in guitar music. <laughs> it's a very PJ Harvey album. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'd uh, agree with Nick. What? So, so I, you can't agree yet because I've finished speaking, so you're not allowed to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, on agree, this man. point, on this point. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, so... Um, What's the one? RB, RBY, I thought, was probably the strongest song on the album. I did like Peach Me as well, but that's the one that sounds most like uh, like a Breeders song. Um, and in that sense, I didn't, couldn't really decide on whether I felt like that was okay, 
it's been a while since that band was in their heyday. Maybe it's okay to sort of bring that round again, or if it was just a little bit derivative. So um, I think there's, I, I say, potential. I think, I think I'll think i look for the next one, and I'll definitely listen to the next one. Uh, I don't know that I'll rush back to this one a lot. Okay. Go for it, Matt. Um, I thought this was really straightforward indie rock that overall made me feel meh. I just... <laughs> what? I, I, I was just... I'm so I surprised it was by these reactions. It was really just very simple and it's kind of fuzzy and nothing really happened. I no, felt right. like... Um, Do you know good? Like, <laughs> I don't know if... Yeah. I like days like these. I liked cause that one because it was a bit more musically interesting. There was some piano and there was some interplay with, between the piano and the guitar. Okay. Uh, but most of the time, it just didn't feel like there was that much going on to like really uh, grab me and make me listen to this album. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't the worst thing on the playlist, but I don't... Well, you, go, you won't just, go back, is that what you're saying? I won't go back. And yeah. it probably was not enough to make me ever want to listen to her again. Wow. Um, and, and I was going to say, did you think... Uh, to me, it sounds like she was trying to do something a bit like the Misty album, which I know oh, we had divided yes. opinions on Yeah, uh, last time. But to me, that was a little bit of like trying to write an album that was uh, somewhat experimental, with less so than the Misty and less effective in most respects, as far as I understand. But anyway, I just wondered if, you, if that had occurred to anyone. Obviously not. I didn't think of Mitski as no. this album, no, because I hated the Mitski uh, album. But, I thought okay. Mitski was 100 times better. Okay. I would agree with that. I mean, I think it was definitely significantly better, but I just thought no, it was definitely one. wasn't. Okay. Shall we just skip Fran's opinion? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Go on then, Fran. I genuinely feel sorry for both of you <laughs> right now. Sorry. I think it's really sad <laughs> that you Patch didn't understand yeah. the beauty of this album. Oh, yeah, okay. um, <laughs> I mean, I you both talked about the simplicity of it. I think that's what I actually really liked about it. For me, I think she was at her best when it was just her, the guitar, and her, like, really almost caustic lyrics, you know, the, the anger in some of the songs. And I absolutely love Holiday Resort, which Nick just picked out as the worst song. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm up there with them. I think she's lyrically incredible. The, you know, I love on that song as well, just how pared back it is. She's just really open about missing the next partner, even though it's someone that was no good for her. And some of the lyrics, so I've written a couple down. The lines, spoke to my doctor, he said I've passed my peak, all my eggs are dying, in my 20s I'm antique. Which I thought was pretty. And it's just about, I don't even know, didn't even get to harness my mystique. Yeah. I love that line as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was good lyrics. Good I lyrics. spend I my that. days in the solace of my room pulling pubic hairs from the crotch of my swimming costume. Yeah. And then I just thought yeah. the, um, the theme of the line towards the end where she just says, but baby, you can call me if you're ever horny. I know you like to hear your name, but I don't mind pretending if I get to hear your voice again. I just thought it was really sort of, because she's funny and she's yeah. rude and she's, Brutally honest, but also that's a really sad line as well. Yeah, someone singing yeah. about their ex, and I think she just delivers it so well with that just simple guitar tune in the background. Um, they're good lyrics. I agree, they're good lyrics. Really incredible. And then I think I love that she then followed that song with "Baby Talk," which is like the biggest sort of rocker on the album. Um, and I just think it's really well structured throughout. I think it's really well paced. I think there's a narrative that drives you through, and she's kind of she's presenting a character that she sticks to throughout the songs. She's bitter, funny, angry. Holiday Resort, though, let me just back up a little bit. Holiday Resort, I, I already said I thought the lyrics were really strong. Mm-hmm. Holiday Resort's a great example of where the actual music, the actual melody behind that 
is really, really just mundane, isn't it? No, I don't I agree. Find that to be ex- I don't like agree. Exciting change of direction. No, I don't agree. I think it's the simplicity of some of these songs that oh. you know, it's not everything has to be massively complicated and massively layered and everything. I think she what she does well is simplicity, and she she hits that on on a lot of these songs, and I think that suits this style of music. And I think, yeah, it's not the most complex album in the world, but not everything has to be complex. I think she does what she does really well. I think it's a great album. And I like the sort of simple, minimal, straightforward elements of it. Fine. With just that that amazing lyrics over the top of it. So you two, yeah. Yeah, we're all agreed about the lyrics. You can stop going about the lyrics now. Yeah. Right? And just move on to the music, which is not that great. No, the music's yeah. great. Yeah. The music's great. She's great. <laughs> and you're wrong. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Well, we're back to back to the normal order of business yeah, now, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, slaying each other. Yeah, nice. So meat right. puppets. That leaves one meat Should puppets. We have two meat I think puppets. I should go first on meat puppets. Yeah, I'll start with meat puppets. This this was my least favorite album to listen to mm-hmm. this this month. Uh, I think like the, the like the country drawl combined with the the very like uh, plucking playstyle was just all a bit much, all a bit cheesy. And it just felt like I was sat on a porch somewhere in like deep America watching my uncle's band play. And, <laughs> and it really, like, I don't want to be there. Um, Is my uncle from like southern England? Yeah. Your uncle yeah, as well. You wonder what the hell he's doing there. <laughs> but it just, yeah, because of that style, it just all felt a bit processional. Like, right. And uh, like I haven't actually listened to Meat Puppets before, but I've heard people talk about them, and I was expecting a lot more based on that. And I uh, expected more bite, and it just felt kind of annoying. <laughs> and like the only the only time the like the only time I felt like this was the band I was expecting it was the the song at the end about uh, vampires. Vampires, winged fantasy. And, uh, but that just doesn't belong in the album because it's completely different. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, I had a hard time listening to this. Um, right. So I'm curious. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll sure. jump in. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Kind of that you, where you ended is where I started. Um, okay. Kind of before I'd even heard this album, I thought I was going to absolutely hate it. And I'll be honest, it's because I'm a judgmental twat. Yeah. And um, <laughs> agreed. I thought, they were called Meat Puppets, and that was bad enough. And then I saw the photo of them on Spotify, and I thought, I'm going to fucking hate this. <laughs> um, but I didn't hate it. Um, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised. It's kind of full of reasonably catchy melodies, and it's a mix of styles. And I'd even go as far as to say I liked the songs on and The Great Awakening. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a pleasant surprise, but probably about as far as I can go. <laughs> Because as much as I didn't hate it, it wasn't really for me either. It is kind of the most dated new release we've ever covered on Picky Bastards. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it's from 200 years ago, but that's not always <laughs> a bad thing. So it was a better experience than I expected it to be, but it isn't something I'll be going back to. And that's kind of me. On okay. I was um, haunted. I'm haunted by two two things, one, one from each of you about this album. Nice. Uh, the fact that uh, Matt said it doesn't really have that much bite <laughs> it makes me laugh to think of the, this album with any bite at all like <laughs> the this album has got like this this like sawtooth like toughness about it that would be absolutely amazing 
Um, yeah. And secondly, when when this was actually listed as one of the possible reviews on the on our listing for the writers yeah. on the pod on the uh, site on pitchybees.com, please go there. Um, <laughs> but uh, in that in that, like Fran gave a little description of each one, <laughs> and all I remember was. You wrote pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I always try to put the genre down, and I couldn't work out what genre this was. I just listened to Sea of Heartbreak on YouTube, and I was like, okay, pirates. <laughs> it was amazing because, and honestly, I've got to say, a bit like the, the flower pots on the head on Devo's heads, the word pirate just <laughs> hung over that whole listening experience all the way through. I just couldn't get away from it. Every time I think about it, I just burst that off. So that's one of Fran's few amusing remarks. So well done, Fran. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> So I will say that the reason I picked this album um, was because, uh, yeah, that's it, because um, Kurt Cobain liked this band and played with this band on Unplugged, on the the famous Unplugged session. Um, And that on its own made me feel like, wow, there must be some real, uh, really interesting stuff going on that like to show, you know, the the taste that he has and sort of learn more about what his roots in music were, you know. Um, Ultimately, the album... Didn't really win me over though, uh, mostly because it was quite, um, I don't know what word Matt used, I think, but it was quite kind of, again, using that word chirpy, it was kind mm. of like, it was kind of an off, on, off, on, off, on kind of beat all the time. Um, yeah. Very hard plucked, like mandolin and stuff like that, um, and, and guitars and stuff. So that was always, that was never really going to be the kind of stuff I was being that interested in personally, I'm speaking for myself. I, I will say, I will just back up and say, I'll give Fran full credit for the attempt to try and reassess the yeah. original reaction to the band, that, that's good work. Um, <laughs> I do do that. Very, no, you don't. It's supposed to be ever done it in 21 episodes. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's ultimately got a few songs that I thought were okay, like uh, Frozen, Unfrozen Memory, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I thought Great Awakening was all right, as, as Fran had mentioned. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was... It was never really something I, I could get through to pass the sort of, almost, I don't want to say silliness is unfair, but the kind of facile sort of way in which they were just sort of playing through these little beboppy type ditties. Little ditties, yes, yeah. thank you. Um, and also, it, it kind of showed to me, going back to the comment about Kirk Cobain at the start, that um, it really does show people have taste in music as nothing at all. Well, maybe people, you two disagree, but to me, nothing at all like what they did themselves. But then I think the other thing to say is, Kirk, like, I think it's 20 years this week since Kirk Cobain yeah. died. And yeah, I think yeah. Meat Puppet, yeah. from the impression I get is the Meat Puppets have been quite a changeable band throughout their career. I don't okay. necessarily think this is that similar to what they were doing at the time. I think. It's a, but if, let's put it this way. If they were playing something akin to like a Nirvana 20 yeah. years ago, and you were a fan of them then... Yeah, and you listen to this. What would you do? <laughs> Jump out the window, or something, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, what about what do we think about Vampire's Winged Fantasy? And if it had been an album of those kinds of songs, Matt, would that be a? I don't think album. I think, but maybe that's just because it was buried within this. <laughs> that I, I I like, but I I enjoyed that song a certain extent. It was odd, wasn't it? It was yeah, I, how it was. It was, yeah. It, I don't get why it was there. It felt like they were doing a cover or something. Let's see if Heartbreak's a cover, if that helps. But the, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. actually did, so MTV Unplugged of, of Nirvana has three, I think it's two or three songs by Meat Puppets that Kurt Cobain sings. Have you ever heard that? Uh, I can't remember which ones they are now. But yeah, so that, that, you know, that's again, I just, I couldn't believe it really that this is what, 
but maybe maybe France right they've changed a hell of a lot over yeah. the yeah. intervening period I think we all need to somewhere we all need to go listen yeah to at least what maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm right hits. in the sense that maybe, maybe it's just not a you know maybe this is something that's quite he hears something quite different and he heard something quite different mm. in it from from a you know his own style of music you know that'd be interesting yeah. in itself I suppose but still doesn't mean I'll be going back to this album though which I, I don't think I will to be honest with you no no no. Oh, even you're saying no. France saying no. no well. I won't go back to it. I, I ban you. Ban everyone. I'm definitely not going back to it. Um, okay, fair enough. No. All right, so uh, oh. yeah, on to right. uh, the Wild Love, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to tell you about Willie Mason. Okay, and so uh, when uh, this album came out, um, he was really kind of heralded as a like brand new voice. He was like 19. He was uh, singing this uh, folk music, and people were comparing him to kind of some of the greats. And when was this, by the way? Can you tell me? Um, this was 2004. Okay. Um, and I guess his career never really kind of took off from here as much as uh, I kind of thought it would at the time. But after after hearing, reading interviews, it seems like a lot of it's his own choice. He likes to tour minimally. He likes to not produce records that often um, but really for me this this album was really important because I, re- I remember seeing uh, Oxygen which is kind of unlike the rest of the album it's quite distinct I remember seeing the video for that on MTV2 while I was just sat by myself in the living room and really connecting with the song and at the time I was like, like 15 I was super angsty I was like into new metal and I can't picture any of that. I can't, I can't imagine you being angsty ever. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the strokes, like literally, just I was ex- like, I had really I, like exclusionary tastes, and I would be like, if you're not listening to indie rock, then you're not listening to music. Which <laughs> is like super dumb. Um, but, I, but this kind of like opened a door for me into like there's other ways to uh, tell stories in music, and like his really like witty lyrics that were so cynical really kind of appealed to me when you're like this super nihilistic teenager being all edgy. Uh, <laughs> edgy Matt. Yeah. And this is also like, uh, this also came out in the same month as another really important album for me, which was uh, the Jay-Z Lincoln Park collision course. Okay. Cause that opened it's, it is what it is, but it opened up hip hop to me. And right, so I right. think the, joint thing of these two musics really like broadened my horizon musically I see. Uh, I, okay i see what you're saying i suppose i was gonna say i don't really see a massive overlap between willie no and, yeah but i get no, no. that the two things was, came along at the same time and that's yeah that's okay. interesting um but more than that i think it was a really important album for the music scene in general and um, this i think was really a forerunner for folk music actually and yeah country folk actually doing well mm. in the charts and um, this was being played on radio one and then like a year later you got Nora and the whale a year later you got mumford and sons a year later you got laura marling and i really think he opened the door for that and so I, like i said it came out in 2004 and if you go on wikipedia and look when the kind of the new folk movement really started they put 2005 right and so i think this opened the doors and he didn't really some people have given him credit but a lot of people don't really realize 
uh, who he is or what he did, um, and he's kind of just disappeared. So is he, he's not active at all now, or he's just taking a break? Well, he he's he's since two thousand and four, he's released two other albums. I saw he, him live last year, so yeah, yeah he's he, still touring and stuff. And but. he yeah, he did a tour last year, but it was quite uh, minimal. He like does he played like. He's from New York, but he played a tiny room in New York. He does a lot better in England than anywhere else. I mean, he played the uh, Trades Club in Hebden Bridge, which is, you know, a small venue as well. So I think he was touring small venues over here. But yeah. I mean, it was packed full of people who obviously loved yeah. him. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious what you guys think of the album. Sure. Neat. Um, so I've known of Willie Mason for a long time, and I think that's really interesting, some of the context you just gave, because... You just named a lot. I mean, I'm still a massive Laura Marling fan. Um, oh, he's obsessed, believe me. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, and then the likes of sort of Knowing the Whale, I loved at that time. And I actually loved Monk and the Sun's first album when that came out. And yeah. Completely died on the arse <laughs> since then. But Matt, I remember at uni, that was yeah. constant in obsessed. our house. I was obsessed. And it, I still stand by it being a very good album, the first album. Yeah. Um, Awful. No, it's not. Have you listened to it's it? Great. It's great. It's great. It's really good. And they're live, very fun live. They're really good. But I mean, we say we're saying they are. I think we should say they were. Yeah, but I do think they've died on their ass. And... I mean, I think yeah. The best thing is probably the Tweed Waistcoat. I love that. I like a Tweed Waistcoat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot of music in that vein. That and tallest man on earth. I heard there's a Willie Mason fan, and I'm a massive fan of him. And I think it's interesting to hear that because as much as I've known him for a long time, I didn't know a lot of the songs, and I knew Our Town and So Long off this yeah. album and I kind of felt like I should be a fan and as I said I saw him uh, with Kim and Mike who both write for the website um, when they asked the podcast, in fact, yeah Mike was on the podcast yeah. um, and I could sense how good he was and I enjoyed the gig but something kind of held me back from loving it I think maybe because I felt a bit left out with everybody in the room being sort of almost emotional yeah. to see him and I didn't quite feel like I fit if you know what I mean because I, I didn't know a lot of it so it was really good to spend some time with him this month, and there are songs on this album that I absolutely love. Uh, Oxygen's one of them. Um, yeah. Hard Hand to Hold is another, and Where the Humans Eat, I, I adored. Um, and I think the lyrics to, you mentioned his lyrics, the lyrics to Where the Humans Eat are absolutely brilliant. There's a line about, I just fed you and your fat brother. And I don't know why, but that yeah. me every time. It's just a great <laughs> lyric, and there's lyrics throughout that are really, really good. And I think lyrically is where he stands out for me. And I also think, um, his influences are really clear people like Dylan Rodriguez and that's fine because I love those artists but I have to admit there's still something that's holding me back from really loving him at the minute I don't know what it is because there's all the ingredients there for me to really really get into him and I do like yeah. him but like when you introduce just the Big Thief for example Matt you know like I was yeah, you jumped on in. it and I had to buy all the vinyl and I went to see them live and and I don't get quite get that feeling with him, and I'm not sure what it is that hold, that's holding me back. Apart from I think maybe at times he's a little bit earnest in his yeah in his presentation of the songs a little bit, and maybe that's dated a little bit. Um, maybe you should try some of his newer. Well, yeah, albums. that's what I was going to. My last point that I've got is that I think I probably need to spend a bit of time with his other albums before I completely make yeah. my mind up. There's only one other album, so he did two albums. I think he's got three. Is it three albums? He's got three total. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I probably need to spend because I think. There's bits of this album that I think are absolutely magic and like really top class, but then there are a few instances where I'm less sure. But I do like it a lot, so not negative, just uh, maybe need to spend more time um, figuring it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, in general, 
Um, I think a lot of what you both said about, about the lyrical side of it is it really works well for me. And I, I really got into it. I thought um, uh, a good example was, uh, I haven't written the lyrics down, but Still a Fly. There was, there was a lot of tracks, actually, I thought were, were lyrically really clever and witty. Uh, yeah. And I think he, he really carries that through really well. I can also see, I didn't know this stuff about the, the context of, of his uh, sort of almost invention of this, this resurgence in, in uh, country folk and stuff. But uh, I can see now you're talking about in the date range, how important that, that is. Mm. Um, it's funny when Francis something held him back, something held me back as well, but I think I, I do know what it is actually, which is um, when he did the quieter songs, um, I, I enjoyed those more, like the slightly more restrained songs. When he got into a bit more and sort of amped his vocal up, I found his vocal to sometimes be slightly, I didn't hate it, but slightly too tight or tense or something. I can't yeah. really think of the word, but um, it, it didn't make, I kind of found it slightly off-putting sometimes the way he lived when he was when he was trying to go for a bit more. I mean, he certainly wasn't like shouting, but when he was pushing his vocal harder, you know? Um, yeah. All the, that doesn't affect, obviously, the lyrical stuff was great. Uh, the genre's not that I listened to a hell of a lot, though. It was, I, I can see, it's, you know, it's, it's quite, um, lots of it is, is really quite beautiful, really, honestly. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, so and the lyrical stuff is unaffected by, by the singing, as I say, but when, it's, when he pulled back, it was better than when he went, when mm, he really went through with the vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's what Friends and Friends, when he doesn't know what the thing is, but that, that's the thing for me that held me back slightly. But um, that's, not a, that's not a serious criticism overall. I'm really glad that you introduced it to me, and I, I definitely will go back to it. I'm like, Lost the others tonight. I will, I will actually go back to this one. I did wonder about the vocals. Um, like, he's not the best singer in the world, is he? But then no. Nevis, Nevis Dylan <laughs> and Nevis Rodriguez and Nevis yeah. a lot of people that do the similar kind of stuff to him. And I Many don't people think... It, I mean, that's more about... For me, vocals, it's more about your syncrasy in it. It's not, yeah. you know... But there are still tones that work. Yeah, and, and nicer I think on that's the ear, less nice on the, the Slower ear, songs you know. like where the, human eat, where the Humans Eat and yeah. stuff. And probably because he's ta- he almost talks to them, doesn't he? And... Yeah, yeah, you know, if you've got the delicacy of that, those really kind of well. you can yeah. those kind of, and I think maybe, maybe I also wonder. This is probably a bit controversial, but maybe I wonder if this kind of genre works when it's really loud and really sort of not really loud when it pushes it harder. Maybe, maybe it should be more delicate. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I, listen, I think of Laura Marling. I'm not nearly an expert as, as Fran is on the subject, but Laura Marling, I don't feel like she does like sort of banging tunes. They're, they're kind of like restrained. Yeah, most of the time, strange, but then she did, with, with the short movie album, she went a bit... Yeah, yeah. that's the other one, her best still of her, kind yeah. of, um, still delivered. Yeah, I was going to say... She's still isn't she, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I should do, I should do it. I mean, you, you're a big fan of Lord Marlin, aren't you, Matt? So it might be boring for, for you, but I might do Oh, I d- I'm always up for listening to her. Yeah, yeah. She's got a bunch of albums, so... Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, well, in the subsequent albums, he also picks up the electric guitar more. Um, okay. So it's I a bit more diverse. that might actually work better, like with the, with the tones of an electric behind his vocal, it might actually sound a bit more fitting, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think when I hear I mean, something, it's like a, almost a sort of stiffle type, you know, melodic structure underneath. It's quite, you know, it's banged on, but it's not really shredding it at all. Yeah. And maybe the vocal doesn't sit well with that for me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would actually say, yeah, some of his subsequent albums, I will would say probably better, but this one is more meaningful. This is the one that that most, yeah. yeah. You yeah. pick the right one in that case. And but what you said about, it, um, about the way it opened your eyes up to the, was kind of what I said when I presented The National as an artist I love, because yeah. that was the thing for me. It was kind of this, like, oh my God, I've been listening to Oasis for <laughs> yeah. 10 years, <laughs> and there's, there's a band that can actually sing about things, and it kind of, it is, that moment 
I mean, I'll always adore them, and I think they're still doing great stuff. But I'll always love them because of that mm. initial connection. I mean, it's, it was that. huge. It was huge, and it changed a lot. I started listening to a lot of different stuff because of that. It's similar to what you've just said, Matt. So I think it's uh, there's always going there's always those artists, isn't there, that did start to change your. Yes, yeah, yeah, they come along. Yeah, it's great. Well, I'm not, uh, yeah. and I'll definitely check out the other ones. If you, and yeah, especially yeah. if you're saying you think it might be stronger, that's even more the case. So, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be back to this stuff and I'll check I'll check it out more. Yeah, yeah. if well, he was in town, yeah. I'd, I'd go. I think. Yeah, it was a good gig. Like I say, it's just one of those things when you you can just see how connected everyone is, and you just feel a bit like, oh, I wish I was enjoying uh, yeah. this as much as all these people are crying and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I'm not, but it's uh, but yeah. What which are your favourites on this album, Matt? Uh, I, I love like I love Oxygen, but it's a it's very unique in its style. Um, Hard Hand to Hold probably is my favorite. Yeah. Um, but it depend it depends on what I'm listening to it for. Sometimes I need it for stuff. So <laughs> and different songs matter more. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you know what where the humans eat is about the song? Because well, uh, about I love I fed you and your fat brother and everything. I mean, is he singing to it? An animal? Uh, is he singing to, I don't know what's going on, but I, I love think, it. I think it is about an, uh, his pet. Right. I felt like it was uh, like, kind of just clicked with me sort of yesterday. I was like, oh, maybe he's singing to a dog or a... a... Yeah, I think it's his pet cat, but I could oh. be wrong. I, I remember reading about it oh, like years ago. Well, I'm going to sing uh, it to my cat for the rest of... Yeah. He needs a fat brother. <laughs> he's not doing that no, I'm not you can be the fat I'll be the fat thanks mate <laughs> <laughs> alright so oh, cool. um, I think that's that's everything isn't it? we've got to talk about next time yeah. it is yeah. and uh, yeah, so next I'll time just tell you that have, yeah. I'm running it yeah, I'm running it next time aren't I you are yeah. and I'm running it because uh, I have invited in a guest this time and it is my brother uh, Lewis the, uh, the musician coming in. the musician of the family oh yeah I just, I really, sometimes you just say stupid stuff. Sometimes you just, it really hurts. Uh, yeah. So uh, he's coming in uh, for our next podcast that he will pick uh, one of the new albums, a classic, and the Why I Love. Uh, so his choices will be for the classic, ABBA, Arrival. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> for the new album, Dave's Psychodrama. And for the Wild Love, CTM, CTM's Red Dragon. Uh, and then I'll add in a new album from me, which is American Football's LP3. So about you two? Uh, I'm going friend. with No Words Left. I think that's what it's called, by Lucy Rose. Yep. It is No Words Left, yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, and I'm doing These New Puritans with their album uh, Inside the Rose. Fantastic. Rose. Cool. So cool. yeah, we'll we'll all uh, wait to see whether Lewis is funnier than me, younger yeah, than me, yeah. wittier than me. I mean, if he's younger than we me, we could see that. what happens next next time, and maybe we could get him to sort of take over because I feel like we need a bit of a. We live in Denmark, yeah. so you better fuck off there. You're an improve. It's fine. <laughs> it's <a pretty laughs> younger model. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, that's cool. that then. Please go to the website and check us out. And if you like the podcast, follow it. And uh, we will see you next time. See you next time. Yeah. People. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.